0: This is a sermon brought to you by Good News Bible Church, where we believe we should love God, love others, and make disciples. We are located in Chicago's Logan Square neighborhood and invite you to join our family live every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. as we praise and worship with songs and learn about God through the study of the Bible. You can visit our website at goodnewschi.org. That's goodnewschi.org. Let's turn now to hear what the Word of God has for us this week. Pages uh, 3 to 11, they can go head on over to the left-hand side there of our sanctuary, and they will be guided into their class and their session today. We also have um, our uh, nursery open, um, for those of you. We started that a couple weeks ago, and so that's available on the right-hand side if you have an infant baby. Uh, Pastor Angel, it's an honor to be with you all here today, yet again. Um, And we're going to continue our series titled, God's Unfailing Love. God's Unfailing Love is the name of our series uh, that we started last week, and we are in the book of Malachi. So, for those of you who were not here last week, let me give you a brief recap on what we learned last week as we opened up this new series. Uh, We spoke about the Israelites returning from exile, And uh, about 100 years later, after the rebuilding of the temple, and they were losing their enthusiasm for worship and becoming corrupt in their ways. They questioned God's love for them as God reminded them of him choosing them as his people, protecting them against their enemies, and yet they were unappreciative, acting as if God did not love them, and offering him... They were offering him unworthy sacrifices. This served as a reminder for us today that God does love us. He has always loved us and has demonstrated that all throughout our lives and human history. He protects us from our enemies and we too, much like the Israelites, uh, offer him unworthy sacrifices. In other words, our, our leftovers. Throughout this book, we see a theme of broken relationship and God giving stern warnings through the prophet Malachi as he calls his people to repentance and desires to restore the relationship. So join me in Malachi chapter 2. I will be reading out of the ESV. That's Malachi chapter 2. And uh, we'll be reading uh, verses 10 through 17. Uh, this is the last book of the Old Testament as you flip through your, old, through your pages of your Bible. I heard someone was accidentally in Micah last week. Uh, so uh, Malachi. Uh, and then uh, we're jumping straight to verse 10 through 17 because the first half of this chapter is a continuation of what we discussed last week with the priests accepting unworthy sacrifices. So it reads, Have we not... All one father? Has not one God created us? Then why are we faithless to one another, profaning the covenant of our fathers? Judah has been faithless, and abomination has been committed in Israel and in Jerusalem. For Judah has profaned the sanctuary of the Lord, which he loves, and has married the daughter of a foreign God. May the Lord cut off the tents of Jacob, any, any descendant of the man who does this, who brings an offering to the Lord of hosts. And the second thing you do, you cover the Lord's altar with tears, with weeping and groaning, because he no longer regards the offering or accepts it, or accepts it with favor from your hand. But you say, why does he not? Because the Lord was, wit- was witness between you and the wife of your youth, to whom you have been faithless. Though she is your companion and your wife by covenant. You have wearied the Lord with your words, but you say, how have we wearied him? By saying, everyone who does evil is good in the sight of the Lord, and he delights in them. Or by asking, where is the God of justice? Let's pray. Father, we we thank you this morning that we get to uh, dive into your word and dive into Malachi specifically as we continue to learn about what was going on at the time and how... uh, how that reflects uh, your love and your pursuit for for your people, Lord, and how that impacts us today. I pray that you give us all an open mind and and, and a heart to receive your word that would be free of distractions and that we would get to walk away encouraged and and learning new things to, to apply to our lives as we walk with you. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Preferences and allure. Preferences and allure, these are two things that we are all faced with today. Do you prefer an iPhone or an Android? Do you prefer cable or simply subscriptions like Netflix? Do you prefer this service provider for your cell phone or this one? Because the other one will allure you, the other cell phone provider will allure you with their new offers to break your contract, and they will pay the cost for you to switch over to them and get a new phone. See, we live in a world where everyone has their own preferences, and that is a big deal. That's a big deal to us. You must respect my preferences. Oh, and Allure? Everyone is trying to sell something. Advertisement and marketing are bigger industries than ever. And you can't look left or right without thinking you need this new gadget that just came out. Malachi is warning us against some of these very things. The men of this time were giving into their allure, they were giving into allure by marrying these women who worshiped other gods. The men were also beginning to divorce for no biblical reason, but rather flat out preference. They didn't have to think twice about breaking that covenant and taking the deal offered to them on the other side. The title of my sermon today is uh, A Divided Heart Leads to Betrayal. Divided heart leads to betrayal. And the first observation you can jot down if you're taking notes is allure. So let's look at verses 10 uh, through 12 uh, once again. Have we not all one father? Has not one God created us? Why then are we faithless to one another, profaning the covenants of our father? Judah has been faithless, and abomination has been committed in Israel and in Jerusalem. For Judah has profaned the sanctuary of the Lord, which he loves and has married the daughter of a foreign god. Did you catch that? There, what was going on at the time is that men were following, uh, being allured into marrying women who worshiped other gods. What we know as uh, unequally yoked marriage. They were these women were worshiping other gods, had idols, and, uh, and men were in, engaging in that and marrying powerful uh, allure is powerfully and mysteriously attractive or fascinating seductive see they were worshiping god and giving offering but then seeing these women who worshiped other god and felt mysteriously attracted fascinated by by them and giving into that although god had commanded them not to and they were marrying them and and then you see in, in verse 12, right shortly after that, it says, May the Lord cut off the tents of Jacob, of, of Jacob, any descendant of the man who does this, who brings an offering to the Lord of hosts. So then they're, then they're bringing these offerings while they're marrying these uh, pagan women and uh, confused about why the Lord wasn't accepting their offering. The people were being unfaithful. Though not openly saying they rejected God, they were living as if he did not exist. Men were marrying pagan women who worshipped idols. Divorce was common, occurring for no uh, no reason other than a desire for change. People acted as if they could do anything without being punished. And they wondered why God refused to accept their offering and blessed them, as we read in verse 13. We cannot successfully separate our dealings with God from the rest of our life. He must be Lord of all. The second thing you see here, second observation you could jot down is preferences. Preferences. You see in verse 13, he says, and the second thing you do. And we read last week that he was upset, uh, uh, God was uh, charging them with giving them unworthy sacrifices. He, now he's talking about the ma- marrying pagan women, and he says, and the second thing you do is you cover the Lord's altar with tears, with weeping, and groaning because he no longer regards offering or accepts it with favor from your hand. But you say, why does he not? Because the Lord has witnessed between you, you and the wife of your youth to whom you have been faithless, though she is your companion and your wife by covenant. Did he not make them one the portion with a portion of the Spirit in their union? And was and what was the one God seeking? Godly offspring. So he's saying, You are being faithless to your wives, pursuing divorce, and I made you one for you to produce godly offspring, to have children and rear them and, and guide them in in his ways. So guard yourselves in your spirit and let none of you be faithless to the wife of your youth for the man who does not love his wife but divorces her says the lord the god of israel covers his garment with violence says the lord of hosts so guard yourselves in your spirit and do not be faithless see divorce in these times were being was was practiced exclusively by men they were disloyal to their wives and ignored the wedding vows they had made before god thus corrupting his purpose for them to rear godly children who love the Lord. Not only were men being uh, were men unfaithful to their wives, but they were ignoring that the bonding relationship was an illustration of their union with God, right? So, you know, when we think about this, you know, and think about the the, the environment that we live in with allure and you have to respect my preferences, and it's all about what I want. We can't ignore the fact that we, when, you have, when you have left and right, you have contracts that can be broken. S- silly examples like I mentioned: uh, the cell phone contract will be bought out by this place and this place. You know, it, it's it's something we all do, right? Uh, and we switch companies and we break the contract, right? But we'd be foolish to think that that doesn't living in an environment like that where nothing stays the same, you constantly switch over. It would be foolish to think that that doesn't impact us in some way psychologically and in our commitments. We have to be intentional about staying in God's word and understanding that marriage is a covenant that should not be broken, that our preference should not lead us to say, "Ah, you know, I'm kind of tired of her. Uh, man, he kind of bores me. She doesn't have that same look in her eyes as she once did. You know, uh, we, we just don't have that connection anymore, that spark. We've grown distant. I think it's just best if we divorce. That's the kind of divorce we're talking about. No, no biblical reason. Just flat out desire and preferences. And. And as I mentioned, in the the environment that we live in, it's more rampant and it's easier to just walk away. It takes a lot of faith and praying on your knees to get through a marriage that is suffering for one reason or another. We cannot give up on that covenant that we made. Uh, sometime last year for Jeanette Lexby's birthday, uh, we went out, Pastor Carlos and I and, um, Jeanette and Santia, uh, and we, I shared with them that something I hadn't really talked about much, but when I was, uh, about eight years old, my mother, and I'm the youngest of four siblings, my mother came up to me and, you know, in, in the middle of a conversation, and it was just her and I, and she said, um, uh, we we're, I don't, I, I don't, were having a deep conversation, she was, uh, was, her eyes were watery, she was in tears, and she said, son, I never thought that my youngest would be the first one I would tell this, but uh, I'm no longer in love with your father, and uh, I, when you guys get older, we're going to separate. I'm going to tell them I want to separate. And I was like, what? what? What are you talking about? Mom, I see you guys together all the time. It, it didn't make sense to me. And she's like, yeah, we're, I'm, I'm just not happy. And I'm only staying with him for, the, for you guys, for the children. That conversation ended and never was brought up again. And I assumed that it was just she was going through a rough patch, never said anything about it. And when I turned 18, being the youngest, now we're all adults, she called for a family meeting, and at that family meeting, she announced that she wanted to divorce my father. And we, we listened to her, and we listened to my dad, and, we went, and there was some discussion back and forth, and I was quiet. And then finally, I said, Mom, I hear you, and I understand what you're saying, but there is no reason you should be divorcing dad. No, but look, you're, you, you are a godly woman. You read your word, you pray every day, and so does Dad. You know that this is wrong. I understand how you're feeling, but can we seek counseling? Can, you, can, you, can, can, you, can, we, can we do something else? Why are you conceiving to divorce? And I don't remember what I said, it was quite some time ago, but apparently it was uh, impactful to them, and it changed the narrative at, at that time. Um, my dad still to this day remembers that time, and he says that he thanks me for speaking up and for my reminders and what we talked about there. And I can thank God and, and, and say that they are happily married now, and so much so that sometimes we're like, all right, you guys go over there. Like, you guys are hugging and kissing too much and so, uh, so uh, giddy over each other. And, um, and I just, I was telling Jeanette and, and Santi and Carlos that day, I was like, I wonder if I would, if that happened today, if I would still have the courage to say that in front of my sisters who some of them have left the faith. And they would say, Angel, come on, you're being illegal. You, 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 what are you talking about? If, if mom feels like she wants a divorce, let her divorce. See, at that time, you know, I didn't feel that sort of pressure from my sisters. But I thought about it, and it was a reflection point, and I I, I reminded myself that we have to be bold in the faith, and we have to remember what God's word says, what he has commanded us to live by, the standards that he's commanded us to live by. And marrying unequally yoked is not something that he desires for us. Divorce, just for the sake of divorce, is not something that he desires for us. As difficult as times are, we must be faithful to what he's called us. So, to guard your heart and remain loyal to the wife of your youth means to have some commitment to marriage. To have some commitment to marriage that God has to, to his promises for his people. Same way God is committed to his promises for people, we should be committed to marriage. And our passion should be reserved exclusively for our spouse. My third observation, is the title of the sermon, A Divided Heart Leads to Betrayal. See, we, we, didn't, uh, we didn't read verse 2, but if you uh, look at verse 2 in Malachi, it says, If you will not listen, if you will not take it to heart to give honor to my name, says the Lord of hosts, then I, then I will send the curse upon you, and I will curse your blessings. Indeed, I have already cursed them, because you do not lay it to heart. A divided heart leads to betrayal, guys. We see that if we are not aligned with God's word, if we know the truth, but we are not practicing it, if our heart is not in it, then it leads to betrayal in all facets of relationships. It leads to betrayal with friendships, with marriage, and with God. Because we're not taking it to heart. See, the, the, pre, the priest didn't take seriously God's priority, even though he had reminded them through his word many times. We, like, just like we, have access to the scriptures and are reminded of the, of the time, of the way that we're supposed to live according to the scriptures all the time. They were doing the same thing. So how, how do you find out what is important to God? By loving him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, according to Deuteronomy 6, 5. This means listening to God, to what God says in his word, and then setting your heart, and then setting your heart, mind, and will on doing what he says. When we love God, his word word becomes a shining light that guides our daily activities. The priests in Malachi's day had stopped loving God, and therefore they did not, know or care what he wanted. And when we take our eyes off of, of God and, and his word and are not applying his word to heart and saying, God, search my heart. Help me to expose where I'm not living according to your word and help me to live that out. When we do that, we end up drifting and not caring about the life that God has for us. Like these priests, we too are called to honor God's name, to worship him. To honor God's name and to worship him. This, this means acknowledging God for who he is, the almighty creator of the universe, who alone is perfect and reaches down to sinful people with, with perfect love. According to this definition, ask yourself today and for the rest of the week, are you honoring God's name? All right, let's pray. God, I thank you for this word today and this reminder of what a beautiful thing it is that you have established in our covenant in marriage, Lord, with man and woman, Lord. What a beautiful thing it is, and I, and I pray that you help us to identify the things that are alluring us in, in, in our lives, the things around us. I pray that you help us identify where we are being stubborn or, or hardened in the heart and just going with our preferences rather than aligning ourselves with your word. I pray that you help us to, to look at these things and to, to be reminded that in order to faithfully serve you, we need to apply your word and live it out, not just know it. Oftentimes, we, we say we, we, we know more than we obey. Many of us know, know your word, Lord, but don't always carry it out. Don't always walk the walk. So in the difficult times in marriage, I pray that you encourage us and you remind us to, to fall to our knees, to pray for our spouse, to have faith that you will do the work, that you will complete the work. And in times of loneliness, for those that are without a spouse, that you would remind us that it is not your will for us to just go searching on our own and marrying someone who worships another God, a false God. I pray that you help us to live by these standards, that we would take them to heart and not think of just something of the old book, but know that it is your word and your command and your desire for us, Let us be loyal and faithful to you. I pray that you work in all of our lives in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. This has been a presentation of Good News Bible Church, where we equip people to love God, love others, and make disciples. To help support our mission, please visit our online giving portal through our website at www.goodnewsshy.org.